Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Red. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, things are happening. Things are happening. Not all good, as all of you know. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the country that we got to talk about. Anyhow, let's get busy and do our initial greetings. Michael Rudnan, welcome aboard AVQ. Welcome aboard Julie Van Astel. Welcome aboard. OG, greetings and salutation. Julie says, good afternoon, everyone. And Michael Rudnan comes with his research. Georgia GOP passes major law to limit voting amid nationwide push. How many times are the GOP going to tell the people they can't care about democracy? It's like they're saying their lives would be better if some people, specifically minorities, women, college grads, couldn't vote at all. We're talking about that today. Georgia lawmaker charged with felony for knocking on Governor Brian Kemp's door. This is some sort of insanity. While Governor Kemp signs voter restrictions into law that would keep so many black and brown citizens from the polls, the cops making the false arrests then posted bogus trumped-up charges. And of course, they won't be fired for that. Some days, the madness in this country is unbearable. And we are not a third world country? And we are a democracy? Are you serious? Come on, folks. Let's understand what's going on out here. Okay, continuing. Michael Rudnan also says, Journalist Greg Blunstein, why are you arresting her? This Facebook Live video from Tamara Stevens at T. Where Stevens shows the moment authorities detained state rep Park Cannon as Governor Kemp was behind those doors signing elections restrictions into law. And lastly, Georgia State Democratic lawmaker arrested while trying to watch Governor Kemp sign voting bill. I'm still mad about this. I see you are. Georgia GOP doing racist voter suppression arrest on trumped-up charges. Jessica Taylor says, sad day for progressive politics. We've taken a big step backward. Not yet, Jessica. Positive affirmations. Our program is not about saying, look at what they've done, done to us. Our program is, how or what are we going to do to mitigate what they attempted to do to us? We don't sit down. They don't sit down. They just do stuff. It's, they, they don't care that the law is not on their side. They don't care that what they're doing is, is, is bordering on fas not only fascism in the case of their workings with the plutocracy, but also anti-democratic. They don't care. What we should care about is realizing that we genuinely have the majority. Most people think like us. Most people want to be us. Even those that voted for Donald Trump because of an ideological mental block. When queried, they say they like the same things that we do. So, let's not ever, ever, ever believe that somehow... We didn't take a step backward. They continue to attempt to take steps backwards. They do not represent America. They are not America. My sister Jessica Taylor, let me say one thing. 
I want to tell you one thing. Yes, I saw the picture. My, I saw the picture. All white men behind the governor signing. I mean, it, look, listen. All those things prove everything that we have been saying for decades. So you're, it's great that you saw that, Jessica. But let me say one other thing that is important for us to note here. And it's the following. We don't ever say we are making a step backwards. They are making steps backwards. We are moving forward. We, if we don't, if we don't get our narrative correct, they win. They win with a minority. They win with just being bullies. They win by not following what we have started to grow up to be, and that is, th those are laws. Those are laws that move all of humanity forward, not just a few. Uh, the duck that quacks, welcome aboard. Neither human nature nor virus give heed to political affiliation. Prescient statement, true statement, factual statement. Thank you, the duck that quacks. You're absolutely correct. Anyhow, what is our program going to be about today? What is our program going to be about today? Let's get busy. Oh, I need to bring it up, don't I? All right, let's go ahead and bring the program up. Julie Van Assel, these people are making me feel guilty and ashamed of being white. Please never say that, my good friend Julie Van Assel. Let me, let me tell a little story before I get into the show. Um, I remember for the longest time, when you see criminality on TV, when you see somebody getting arrested for shooting somebody, and I, this doesn't only happen for black people, Latino people, Asian people, because all of all these different sects have told me the same thing. I remember my Muslim friend saying, anytime we hear a terrorist attack or something, we cross our fingers and we say, please, 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 please don't let it be a Muslim. Or like that shooting that occurred recent, these last two shootings. When this last shooting in Atlanta turned out to be a white guy, when the shooting in South Carolina turned out to be a white guy, the happiest people that, uh, not happy in the sense of joy, but that, oh my God, we, 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 we missed one. We, or rather, we, we, we bit a bu 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 bullet because, look, it wasn't a Muslim. Or you see some sort of criminality on TV, it wasn't a black person or it wasn't a Latino. Or you see certain stereotypical crimes, you say, oh, thank God I'm, it's not that person. Our system, you know, people talk about do, why we need identity politics. Why we need identity politics is that different identities have different issues. Women have different issues than men, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So here's the deal. Nobody, everybody must love exactly how they look, who they are, whatever. That, what makes up the American salad is beautiful. You know, I had to unlearn everything I learned about beauty. I had to unlearn everything I learned about what was right and why certain things were considered right and not right. Right? So I don't want to hear any white person, just like I don't want to hear any black person or any other person saying, sometimes these people that act badly that look like me makes me not want to look like me. 
Let's keep that out of our head. You see, that was taught to us. The fallacy, of, the fallacy that was taught to us is go ahead and adapt the identity so that when others do things in that identity, slaves, black, you always see them as slaves. White, master, you always see them as masters. But you had to make a distinction because remember, the masters were a really small amount of people. So you had to make another distinction. And that's what we've done in this country, in the partitioning of this country. Our, all our allies are together. Black, white, Latino, uh, Asian, Muslims. I'm calling race and ethnicities and religion. All of us are one. And we don't allow others to make us feel guilty for those. Because I could go ahead and I could say, every time I see Candace Owens... I am so, I feel so bad about being black because of who Candace Owens is. I don't. So let's, let's, my brothers and my sisters, all positivity for us, the individual, for ourselves. It's very important. That is how we win the game. They want us to feel, you know, and, and, and by the way, um, Julie Van Asdel, there's an interesting thing, right? Because that is how white supremacy kind of work as well, right? They want, they want those of a small mind who specifically are white, the ones that are white that are of small mind, to think that they have some deficiency why they can't allow others that don't look like them to have equal power as them because in reality, Oh, they may overtake you. So when, and I want, you, I want to show you exactly how that thought works, right? I want to show you exactly how that thought works. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Julie, because this is, this is a subject for everybody. And th actually, thank you for bringing that subject up because it wasn't on the, on the comment, but I think you forced an issue that needed to be spoken about. So thank you very much, Julie. I thank you for that. Um, I want to say one other thing. Remember when uh, Hank Aaron was going to break Babe's Ruth's record? Remember when Tiger Woods was approaching the record of, I don't remember uh, the name of the golfer. The same kind of pushback happens as if you are taking something that is inherently ours away that will never come again, which of course is false, right? Because Hank Aaron's record is going to be broken, and I think it's already been broken if I remember correctly. I don't quite remember, but I think it has. But that is unimportant because the most important thing that we can talk about is we are all in this together. Nobody is superior to the other. The plutocracy needs you to have gradation in superiority among the peons so that they can stay on top as you fight each other for power. Anyhow, let's get to the program. Alex Lawson, Trump cronies delayed COVID stimulus checks. That's how we're going to, that's the last piece that we're going to play today. Uh, COVID, it, they delayed the COVID stimulus checks. In night, thank you, brother. Thank you, uh, thank you, Michael Rudnan. Always can count on you. Yeah, and the reason why a lot of Social Security recipients, their stimulus checks were delayed 
is because even as the Trump administration or the Biden administration asked the IRS to give them the or rather asked the Social Security to give them the records so that the IRS could mail the checks out, two weeks before the bill was passed, it was never done. It wasn't until I think two days ago when Congress said you will give that information to the IRS now or else. There we go. And they got the record. So you will be getting your stimulus checks next week. Those are the paper checks I think we're talking about. So those are the important things that, 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 that uh, Alex Lawson is going to talk about, among other things. Uh, we're going to talk about that press conference. Remember yesterday I played a piece. The only thing I got out of the press conference, and it's funny, because a press conference is supposed to be serious, right? There are a lot of things happening in the country right now that needs to be spoken about. And they asked about immigration, something that is cyclical that always happens. And then uh, there is the other issue about how the COVID uh, mitigation is going. And then yet there's another issue that needs to be talked about. And that is how are we going to reinflate this economy appropriately in an economy that's going to change? I mean, there are a lot of questions to ask Biden, right? A very important question to ask Biden would have been, hey, America got a taste of having a lot of its workforce work at home. It makes things a lot more efficient uh, for a lot of companies, which means a lot of buildings downtown that had leases are probably going to have those leases dropped because the companies are going to realize, I don't need all this space. I can save my employees money by having them work at home. And I can also save a lot of money by not having an electric bill a rental bill, and all these other bills for the company. So things are going to change. This pandemic not only temporarily changed employment, it has permanently changed a lot of what's, how things are going to be going forward. So there's a lot of very important questions to ask the president. How are you going to mitigate that change in the employment structure in this country? How are you going to make things better for people who are not going to go back to how things were before. The only real questions we asked was on Afghanistan. Are you going to follow what Donald Trump did and say, get them out by May 1st? Are you going to uh, talk to Kim Gunjun and, and ask him to uh, stop flying missiles? Or are you going to go ahead and uh, then you spend a hell of a lot of time on the border for something that is cyclical and happens all of the times? They were Fox News. We had the mainstream media asking the questions that Fox News would have asked. And even as, the, as Fox News was not called, Ducey, the Fox News representative at that press conference, was complaining. He wasn't called. You didn't need to call him. The mainstream media's reporters were asking the questions that Fox News would have asked. When will they learn? Anyhow, this is the piece that I did about that, and then we'll take it on the other side. The right-wing thought uh, that Joe Biden hadn't done press conferences because he was so bad that he would simply implode in one of these press conferences. Those of us on the left, we were legitimately concerned that uh, Joe Biden is generally a gaffe machine and that he just may do that. Well, you know what's so funny? He did not do it. He had a press conference. He 
answered questions intelligently. He had a few of his stammering issues, but I mean, that's Joe Biden. That's who he is. Some of us have that issue. But I was very disappointed in the press. Look, the press drives the narrative many times. A, a president can try to drive the narrative. A party can try to drive the narrative. But whatever the press picks up is the narrative that most Americans who listen to mainstream media hear. And the press decided to become Fox News. They decided to allow Fox News to define the narrative. Now, what they decided to concentrate on is immigration. And immigration based on a false premise. Yes, the amount of people that are coming over has increased. That is true. But when looked at other times during uh, this period, the same is true. And in fact, as Joe Biden mentioned, there was a period of time under Donald Trump that you had a higher level. So the idea that because Joe Biden is a nicer person, that people are going to make that dangerous trek more often than not, doesn't hold up given that they all knew that 45 really hated them and they still came. That just shows you the dire straits that they were in, where they're from. I'm not a fan of conservative columnist for Washington Post, Jennifer Rubin, but she got it perfectly right. She said after weeks of whining, the White House press corps got its first official Biden presidential news conference Thursday. I want to read a the ending paragraph from Jennifer's piece, because it's the most prescient assessment of what went on. She said, the media did not distinguish themselves. By asking about immigration multiple times and echoing the false narrative that Biden had created a surge, they showed they were more interested in sound bites than actual news. Their failure to ask about the pandemic, the recession, anti-Asian violence, climate change, or even infrastructure, Biden had to bring it up himself, was nothing short of irresponsible. They pleaded for a news conference and then showed themselves to be unserious. They never laid a glove on Biden. They did, however, make the case for why these events are an utter waste of the president's time. That one paragraph sums it all up. The mainstream media, those who follow the White House, that press conference was a waste of time because it didn't cover the issues that most affect most Americans. That immigration issue affects nobody in Timbuktu, Texas, nobody in Timbuktu, Virginia, nobody in most of the country. But you know what affects them? The anti-Asian violence, the pandemic, the recession, climate change, infrastructure. Am I going to get those bridges in my county fixed? Am I going to get a job? Am I going to have more industry in my town? None of that to a new incoming president during one of our most catastrophic recessions and pandemic. That's our mainstream media. And to answer Brother Rudnan's question, you didn't watch the presser? Well, good for you, buddy. Because there were no questions on the stimulus. There were no questions on minimum wage increases of any substance. There was no question on universal health care. There was no questions about student loan relief. There were no questions about global warming. There were no questions about Green New Deal. Uh, there were no questions about the uh, 22 children in Haiti. No, Rudnan. There were no questions about any of those present matters 
that you just went ahead and spoke about. So uh, you're correct. And, you know, so, I mean, it, what was the point? No questions about, you know, that was so interesting too, right? That would have been, Charlie Lindahl, you're absolutely right. Think about it. Uh, they asked such silly questions. They should have really asked the question about what do you think about Dr. Seuss, right? Or Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, right, right, Charlie Lindahl. You're so right about that. I mean, it was so silly. Might as well have asked those as well, you know. Anyhow, going back to our, um, to our, our point, in fact, here. Georgia representative charged with felonies for knocking on Kemp's doors. Well, before I take, take on the Kemp door narrative, let's go ahead and, and, uh, and do this one here. Because as it turns out, um, vicious attack on voting rights. Georgia governor signs GOP suppression. Ari Borman, uh, it turns out, bolstering the case of federal legislation to safeguard the franchise from Republicans' ongoing voter suppression efforts across the country. Georgia uh, Governor Brian Kemp on Thursday signed into law a sweeping unpopular bill. And it really is unpopular even for Republicans. Uh, overhauling the state's elections that critics have called. Here is a, the backstop that I'd like all of our listeners to start working on. This is very important. It is important for people to hear that the bill that the Republicans passed in Georgia with the attempt to bring down minority voters actually does more than that. It also blocks poor white voters. It also blocks elderly voters. You know, think about it. Anybody who has to stand in a line where somebody may want to offer them water or food while they wait if the lines get long, it is now illegal to do that. So that doesn't only affect minorities. And people say, oh, it'll, it'll mostly affect the people, minorities, right? Let me tell folks a little secret. Welcome aboard, Deb Denny. Let me tell you guys a secret. And to all my white brothers and sisters listening right now, I want you to remember to tell this to your white brothers and sisters who, are, who think that they are... Who think that... This is somehow beneficial to them. Remind them of this. People of color are generally used to suffering. People of color are generally used to all kinds of obstacles placed in front of them. Uh, the motto that people of color usually have at home is that to succeed, you must work twice as hard. I've heard that my entire life. And because I've heard that my entire life, everything that I've done in life has been that way, right? And when things come easy, and a few things have come easy, it was like, I can't believe it. From forming my companies, it has been difficult. And it, it's, not, it's not only a United States thing. I said I was going to put this one in my book with... Working with even the even the, the United States narrative goes across the world, and we have to suffer the same indignities across the world in the business realm. So when they put these restrictions on to try to, and again, this just comes from not knowing people, right? This this just shows you how isolated those Republicans who pass these laws are. Yeah, we are fighting like hell to get them overturned. We are fighting like hell to get them mitigated. 
But here is the deal. In the long run, it may be a good thing because it's going to create such a voter... You know, when they did it in 2016 and 20... In 20 when did Hillary Clinton lose? 2016. When they did it in Michigan and, uh, other, and Pennsylvania in 2016, it wasn't done with the fervor that we have now, right? So there was not enough of a buildup to mitigate the suppression. But guess what now? People are pissed. People of color. White people of dignity. They are pissed. And guess what? They're coming to vote. And not only coming to vote, they're coming to watch to make sure the vote occurs. So what these guys think they're doing to somehow suppress the vote. I mean, it'll support a vote or two here and there, but it's going to piss a whole lot of people off for attempting to take away what they've so hard fought for. So in a lot of ways... For 2022, this is the best, the best accelerator. You know, 2022, voting drops off. In 2022, you get a drop off in voting. But guess what? This is going to give the impetus for people to go ahead and start voting like hell. And uh, Charlie has an analogy, weightlifting analogy. If you increase the weight you lift, you get stronger. So make it harder to vote. Makes people vote more. I like that analogy. Michael says, how many times will Republicans try to suppress the vote? Minority rule has to go. I want our nation to be closer to that representative democracy as we can get. That's true. And look, minority vote has been inculcated into the Constitution, right? We have been trying to mitigate that for a long time. The, the, the biggest form of minority voting is the Senate. Because the Senate is the biggest instantiation of minority voting. In other words, minority power. And those are things that we have to mitigate in the long run. But for now, we have to crawl before we walk. And we got to get things done slowly, but we just have to stay engaged. Okay, we're at the half point. So just before I play my good friend Alex, um, Alex, um, look at my mind is going, Alex Lawson. Let me go ahead and do the ads that I always do. Folks, if you are on, see my comment. Deb Allen says, see my comment above. Let me look for your comment. Here we go. Deb, Denny says, if Coca-Cola is serious about free and fair elections, the corporation will show up en masse at polling places in Georgia to pass out refreshments to people in lines. I love you, girl. Deb, you, that's, <laughs> I like that, Deb. I tell you what, because you wrote that, Deb, you get the statement of the day. Good Friday. Let's move all the homeless kids to Mexico and have them walk back in. <laughs> I like that. Bruce, you know something? There is something to that, what you just said. There is something to that because you're going to have, believe it or not, a lot of right-wingers use that, that sort of a statement. They're going to say, we don't need to help those people. We have a lot of homeless kids on the street. And they would be right in that regard. We need to help them both. We have the wherewithal to do so. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, folks, if you are on YouTube, I'd like to ask you so kindly to support our show. 
click on that join button click on that join button become a new member just like yesterday i displayed two of our new members on the screen right away we'll do the same with you if you become a new member right now if you don't see that join button you can still join by clicking on this right here that youtube link that i put in here which is politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube to become a part of the PDR Posse run by Bridge MCP. I didn't see Bridge MP, MP, I see today come out and say present. So Bridge, if you're here, make yourself present. Make yourself present, Bridge. But anyhow, let me show you what Bridge has done. Bridge has created a, a cup for Politics Done Right for the PDR Posse. So please consider getting that cup as well, as well as joining the PDR Posse. And how can you get that cup? You can get that cup by clicking on this link here. Uh, when you click on that link for the cup, you can do what uh, Linda E. Uh, and uh, Norman Reynolds, as well as Roberto Lewis, as well as Bridge MCP have done so far. Pamela Matak says, Hello, how about blanket amnesty for 11 million here and pat the citizenship for the rest? That's my take. Your take is most of our takes, my dear. Your take is most of our takes. So anyhow, folks, please consider, click on that join button. Become a member of the PDR Pass. And alternatively, you can become what's called a patron. We love patrons. We need about 1,000 patrons. We're only at 142 patrons. Here, you can become a patron by going to politicsandright.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Why do we need a whole lot more patrons? We need to get copy editor, producer, etc. Right now, yours truly doing it all, 16 hours a day. Uh, click on the YouTube to see exactly why we need your support. It is probably, it's because we need to have all these blogs out there, all these videos out there, etc., etc., etc. You can support us as well via PayPal. How do you do that? There is a link. Politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Politicsandright.com slash PayPal. And of course, you can go get our book and books. I say book. We have several books. It's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. How to talk to your right-wing relative, friends, and neighbors. How do you get that book? You can get that book at Amazon. Just search my name or click on this link here. But guess what? If you want an autographed copy along with a sticker like this, a, a bumper sticker like, where is it? There, like this. Let me put it right so you can see the, the blue stuff. Okay, there is a bumper sticker. If you want a bumper sticker as well, you can order that directly from our store. And I will sign it and I will send it to you with that bumper sticker in there as well. And if I have any other goodies to throw in the box, I'll throw a couple of goodies in there as well. So please consider going as well to politicsandright.com slash store. Of course, you can always buy our stuff on Instagram or on... Uh, you can buy the books on Instagram, our Instagram or you can buy it on our, um, on our Facebook as well. Anyhow, let's get busy. Thank you so kindly. Go ahead and consider again, my friends, to link up with us. Oh, that store stuff didn't go through. Let me go ahead and do it again so it can go through on Facebook. All right, let's play for our show today. Alex Lawson. Alex I uh, was kind enough to spend some time with me yesterday to talk about this fiasco with the checks for Social Security recipients. I know you got yours, Rudnan, but the reason you got yours, I don't think you're a Social Security recipient. You're a young, young guy. It's the older folks who are Social Security recipients who got held up. Check it out. 
Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we have a very special guest for a very important subject. We have Alex Lawson from Executive Director of Social Security Works. Alex, how are you doing today? Uh, well, thank you for having me again. Well, look, uh, you know, here's the issue. I like you, but having you on usually doesn't come because I like you. It comes because there is something serious happening in the country and you being the director, executive director of social security works mean that it's something that you have to be out there fighting for. Mm -hmm. There is this new article that came out on at common dreams that quoted you. And when I, when I read the article, I said, you know what? I got to get in touch with Alex because this isn't right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why is it that social security recipients right now? And tell me if I have it right they're having their $1,400 checks delayed. Yep. I mean, that's it. Um, and I think important to note, the last checks, the $600 checks, uh, they were automatically deposited uh, into people's accounts. And the, the debit cards went out to people who didn't have the direct deposit. Uh, so the Social Security Administration knows exactly what they're supposed to do. They know exactly what the intent of Congress when they passed uh, this money was. Congress said people on Social Security, people on SSI, people on the railroad retirement uh, pension plan, they should get their checks. Uh, but Social Security Administration, which is Andrew Saul and David Black at the top of it, who are two Trump appointees, uh, they're just total Trumpists, they drag their feet. Because what they want to do is they want people to get angry at Biden for not getting their checks. And you know what? People are angry because they were counting on the $1,400 being deposited into their accounts, just like the $600 was. People watched on the television when they saw that the bill had passed. They made financial decisions based on their understanding of what was going to happen which was that they were going to get the $1,400. Uh, and then they didn't. So we have a lot of people in this country facing hardship. Uh, they need to pay their rent. They're behind on one of their bills. Uh, and it is all because of these two Trumpists at the top of the Social Security Administration, again, Andrew Saul and David Black, uh, that Biden, who Biden has not fired, uh, and it's time. Biden needs to act now. He needs to replace these guys. They're sabotaging his agenda. Now, tell us, a, tell me a little bit about these guys. What do you know about them? <laughs> a lot. Uh, you'll have to reel me in. But I mean, really, the, the way it is, is uh, David Black should be fired months ago. I mean, like th this guy is absolutely uh, the, the architect of dismantling Social Security from the inside. And there's nothing protecting him at all. There is not even a hint or a whiff of any protection. He absolutely serves at the pleasure of the president who can fire him right now, immediately. Uh, so David Black is the architect. He's actually the guy, the ideologue, who sees Social Security and the success of this program and the fact that people love this program. They love it. And he sees that as a negative thing because he doesn't want anything that works. He doesn't want government that works. He wants to break anything that works. Social security works. The post office works. Public education works. That's why they want to destroy all of them, right? It's the old 
uh, right-wing scam. Kneecap the mailman, then complain that the mail is late, and then you just happen to have a cousin who's in the private mail delivery uh, business, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. So David Black is, is the architect. He's, he's the big brain. Uh, Andrew Saul is just a dilettante. He, he just feels entitled to this position. Um, he's a rich guy. He's always been rich. He gives money to Republicans. And in return, he wants some office that he can wear on his, uh, on his blazer because that's what you know, makes him feel important. Uh, but he doesn't care or care to know uh, about anything to do with the system. This is a guy who Social Security is massive, trillions of dollars, 70,000 people working uh, in the administration. This guy didn't even move to Maryland when he became commissioner. He just stayed in New York. He was an absentee boss. He didn't even check in to his email system for six months after he took the job. Uh, And the only reason that he did is because someone told him that was foyable. And it would make him look bad that he never actually checked into the system and used it to do his job. This is a guy who just sits in a chair uh, and it's not about the check for him, right? Like this is a rich guy. It's about this sort of entitled, do you know who I am, sir, kind of way. And just the final little note on that, do you know who I am? This is also a guy who this is totally, you can check this. It's a great story. He's riding his bike in New York. And a cop uh, is like, hey, you can't ride your bike wherever he was. And, uh, and this isn't about whether or not the ticket, but what Andrew Saul did is he was like, do you know who I am? Oh, I am the public safety commissioner of New York and have a license to ride my, and he lied <laughs> that he impersonated. So he pulled out a piece of paper and impersonated a public official in order to try to get out of a bike ticket, which he didn't do. He didn't get out of a bike ticket. I feel like that story really encapsulates who Andrew Saul is. He is the do you know who I am guy. Uh, And he also can be fired by uh, President Biden. It's a little bit of a different process, but he can absolutely be fired by President Biden, especially. All these guys that are protected by the GSA or, or, or these other structures, even if they're not fired, they can be placed on hiatus and you put the person you want in there. Is that right? And, uh, and actually, it's even more because of a Supreme Court ruling uh, under Trump when Trump was trying to get rid of the head of the Consumer Financial Protection Board. Uh, the Supreme Court has ruled specifically that these independent agencies, the heads of them still serve at the, at the pleasure of the president. You know, the, the president is the top of the executive arm. This is part of the executive arm. So he can fire them. Um, it has to be a little bit more. There's just a little bit more. But, you know, he has cause. This is absolute delaying 30 million people's Social Thanks. Security. I mean, uh, uh, relief checks, people, uh, seniors and people with disabilities, the people who have been hammered by this pandemic. He delayed 30 million people's checks in order to sabotage Joe Biden? If that's not cause, I don't know what is. Well, Alex, one of the things that, that, um, that we, you know, I always talk about progressives are generally not very good marketers. It seemed to me like uh, this is something that can be used against 
not only Trump per se, but the Republican methodology in general, because again, look at what leaving one of Trump's people in office does to you. And then you get rid, get rid to hell of all of them. Don't you think? Yeah. I, I think that it's also, let's say it was just one year case would be made, but we, we have more than one example, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about social security right here, but look at the postal service. Oh God. The joy, joy the yes. joy is, is, av- I mean, like, he just openly said, I'm going to make America's post service terrible and I'm going to charge you more. Oh, by the way, I literally have a conflict of interest, a monetary conflict of interest with a firm that would benefit from destroying the postal service. Like he just out in the open, you have DeJoy, you have Aunt, uh, Saul and Black, and then you have the Border Patrol who are concocting an entire narrative to advance their agenda, their white nationalist agenda, their anti-immigrant agenda, uh, and they're trying to corner Biden on it. And the media, you know, not independent media like you, but man, the media, they're just, they're just like patsies for this, just hook, line, and sinker every time. So we don't need to wonder about this, right? Uh, Three's a trend. We know what happens when you leave these Trumpists uh, in your flank. They're going to flank you. They're going to stab you right in the back. They're going to do everything they can to sabotage the Biden administration, uh, the American people, in order to win an election in 2022 and 2024 so they can take power again. And it's the height of naivete to think anything else is going on here. I always, I always thought that one of the reasons they are generally successful about that is that we fight back so poorly. Uh, just like how we've allowed the media to create a narrative. Biden today, I think, did a fairly good job in dispelling the narrative in his press conference. This press conference was orders of magnitudes better than I expected it to be. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I mean, my only criticism was that the media were just, you know, classic. Um, they, they just did not get uh, there. It, it's just all puffery. Uh, well, Biden yeah, because they, did a they, good job. They didn't even talk. They didn't ask one question about COVID. What about the vaccine rollout? What Not about one. The vac- what? How, how do you look around and you're like, uh, you know what? I don't I don't think people are into it. But actually, I have an answer. I know how it's because, you know, these are, are uh, people who work in an institution that's first on the list. Right. Like first first head of the line. Uh, and and I, I want, you know, people to get the vaccine. So I'm happy that journalists get the vaccines. But I'm talking about the the publishers the editors the whole right. institution are people who aren't wondering when they're going to get the vaccine because they already got the vaccine right. right that's the problem with the corporate media is disconnected uh, from the reality of people right? and and it, it just ties into what happened with with social security this is andrew saul and david black saying that 30 million americans who have borne the brunt of the pandemic are at the back of the line back of the line for you Right. After everybody else, maybe we'll take care of you and get those payments out to you. Uh, And it's just sick. It's just sick. And, you know, without truth tellers and independent media like you, we're just there's there's no alternative. Right. Like so I I went to my favorite place of saying the corporate media are terrible because they are. You started with Biden did a, a, a good job at the presser, which I actually really the bar that was set for him by Fox News. That's what I mean, yes. His head was 
going to fall off. Right? I know. But what was interesting is that the good thing about it is that the preamble to the event, he talked about the vaccine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that I think is important. But I think also it's important for what I call the progressive media to do its job. In other words, not to buy into the hype. Uh, you know, on my show, I don't cover, I, I, I tell people about immigration. I tell people I'm not covering Cuomo. I'm not covering immigration. I'm not covering any of that because those are really smoke screens. I, with Cuomo, not, not so, I, I, that's just not my purview. But with the immigration and all those other things, that's not what we want to do. Um, I think it is important, however, Alex, that we get this message out. I didn't learn about this. I don't know how, why not. I didn't learn about it until I read your quote inside of Common Dreams. And it was immediately to me something that needed to be exploded right away. I don't think I heard it. I listened to MSNBC and CNN all day today, and I don't think I heard it once. No, and that's what I that's what I mean. I mean, that's the problem with the corporate media. And there has been some real champions on this. Senator Sherrod Brown from Ohio, right. who's the uh, the chair of the Social Security Committee uh, in the Senate, and then Representative Larson the chair in the house, uh, Bill Pascrell, another house member He's who's great. just been just amazing on this. And they've been attack dogs. And if it wasn't for them, uh, these guys, people still wouldn't be getting their checks. There'd be no plan to get their checks. Have they, they started went on, sending them out? No, they went on the attack. Yes. I, I loved watching this hardball because these members of Congress uh, on the house side, they went to Andrew Saul and they said, you have 24 hours. So let me actually say IRS asked, uh, the Social Security Administration for a file that they needed this right. data in order to get the, the stuff out. They asked for that weeks ago and Social Security Administration had not given them the file. Uh, that's the delay. That's how they created right. this delay. And the members in the House said 24 hours. You have 24 hours uh, and then we're going to bring you in front of, you know, we're going right. to we're going to subpoena you. Uh, and he he did it. You know, he was forced to so buy got, these. They numbers. have the data now. They gave him the data. That means we're looking at um, as soon. I don't want to get people's hopes up, but as soon as early next week Great. Uh, it is where we could be seeing these checks finally get, getting into people's hands. And again, I know you know this, but I just want to reiterate it's Social Security. We're talking about people who are are getting by on on so little money, you know, $15,000 a year. And we're also talking about people on SSI who are some of the poorest people in this country. And that's who got put at the back of the line, people with disabilities, seniors uh, and, and poor people. A lot of homeless people are on SSI. I mean, this is this is vulnerable communities. And that's who Andrew Saul attacked. Uh, and that's who he hurt with this. And that's why Biden cannot allow him to serve even day in this position because he's not serving. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, um, look, thank you for the, all that work that you're doing, my friend. Now, please, uh, what would you like to tell our audience that I simply didn't ask you? Uh, just plug in on this fight. Um, raise the temperature on this. You can go to socialsecurityworks.org. You can find out all the resources there. Uh, and 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 be a happy warrior, because I will say we're fighting about getting this cash into people's pockets. And that's important. And that's because we won on a one point nine trillion dollar uh, plan for the American people. And that was with Democrats just driving that through against all of the Republican opposition. And we have another big fight coming up. Uh, infrastructure, infrastructure, drug prices uh, and the reconciliation. Say that again. S one. 
at, oh, huge fight. So yes. I feel like two, two giant fights coming up. Democracy, the future of democracy with uh, S1, HR1, and also the reconciliation bill, which is an investment in the American people. Uh, we have to fight these battles and we have to keep on driving forward uh, to achieve our vision. We got to go. I, w- I want to say one thing, and I don't know if you're saying before I go here, and that is, you know, right now, a lot of Democrats are hurting hurting but are kind of haggling on on uh, joe mansion i just want to tell all our audience look right now we don't want a jeffers occurrence again i don't know if you remember jeffers back in the jump from the republican party to the democratic party we want to kind of play this stuff intelligently and with guys like you and others please ensure that people plays this play this card until 2022 when we win two more senators <laughs> Executive Director of Social Work, Social Security Works, Alex Lawson. Thank you once again for being here on Politics Done Right. Thanks so much. We spent- well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. I, um, his website has a link. I, I think uh, Michael Rudnan just put his link up there at uh, Charles Rund- uh, Linda Linhaum. Let's see what time is it. Oops, I need to go ahead and start saluting my great folks here. Let's get to the top. Welcome aboard, Michael Rodney, AVQ, Julie Van Astel. Good afternoon, everyone, she says. OG, greetings and salutations. Jessica Taylor, uh, welcome aboard. The duck that quacks, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else is here. Who else needs to add information? Uh, I see Candace. No, that's not Candace Owen. That's a reference to Candace Owen. All right, let's see who else. Charlie Lindahl, welcome aboard, my brother. How you doing? Uh, going down, Deb Denny, thank you for being here. Uh, the Duck That Quacks, thank you for being here. Uh, scrolling down, scrolling down. Uh, let's see, Bruce Pollard, welcome, my dear brother. Come on in. Uh, let's see, who else do I have or who else have I missed? If I miss you, just drop your name underneath. Pamela Matox, welcome aboard. AVQ, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, coming down, coming down, coming down. I'm trying to reach my peeps, reach my peeps. I'm almost there. Brian Miner, welcome aboard. Tom C., you're late, but you're here. We love to have you here, Tom. Tom was one of our latest upgraded members to the PDR Posse. Thank you so kindly, Tom. Eric Hayes, my conservative brother, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else is here. I got... Pamela got Lindahl. Norman Reynolds, welcome aboard, my brother. How you doing? I got to give you a call later today. Uh, let's see who else is here. Who else is here? Uh, thank you for, yeah, he's very, look, Alex and I go back a very long time. We see each other at just about every single progressive conference. There, I mean, You know what is so funny? Um, we go to a lot of, when, before, before COVID, we had the democracy convention. We had the, uh, the we had things like the Netroots Nation, uh, coffee party uh, thing, move to a man. We, we'll have all these different conventions, right? Wendy Green, welcome aboard. Thank you for being here. We'll have all these conventions. And what is interesting is you see the same progressive activists at all these conferences. So you can go. I will see the same person in Minneapolis. Phoenix, uh, Rhode Island, <laughs> you go all these different conferences. And to say, so it's, it's like we're just traveling around the country for these different conferences. And you see the same people coming in from all over the country on these big platforms uh, to get things done. But it's important work that we, 
We all do. Alex do, uh, does some very, very important work with Social Security Works. In fact, he works with – he also has on his board of directors – I don't remember. The, you guys remember that guy from Shanana? He's a member of, uh, uh, of Alex Lawson's board, and I interviewed them at last year's – well, year before last, last year we didn't have a Netroots. Year before, we had an online Netroots. We had a Netroots then. Anyhow, folks, one last ask. If you are on YouTube, please click that button, join to join us. One last ask again. Please go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube if you don't see the join button if you're on YouTube. And you can still become a member of our, polit- of our YouTube posse or Politics Unright posse. You can get our cups and other stuff at our store, and that is the cup that you're seeing on the screen right now, designed by one of our PDR Posse members, specifically Bridge MCP. Uh, Likewise, uh, let's see what else do I need to do in my ask. I need to go ahead and say, oh, uh, you can go ahead and become a patron by going to politicsandright.com slash patron, patron spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can can also support us via PayPal, that is politicsandright.com slash paypal politicsandright.com slash paypal as well as uh let's see what else here that i need i forgot i think i'm done right uh oh no the book please consider getting my book it's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relatives friends and neighbors you can get it at amazon by going to this link that i'm putting on the screen but on on you can also just go to politicsandright.com slash store politicsandright.com slash store and uh, if you do it that way, you'll get also a bumper sticker that and a signed copy of any one of our books that you get from us. So, look, thank you so kindly for having been here. I know there are many places that you can be. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? I'm out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.